Welcome to Outside Source Football, your inside look at the NFL. Listen to the latest predictions and happenings from the season with your hosts, Evan Mick and Gabriel Vondra. Here they are now. Hello and welcome to 101.7 FM, Ready for Hillsdale. This is Outside Source Football with Evan Mick, Gabriel Vondrek, and Joseph Doherty. Today we're recapping week 13 of the NFL season. Uh, we're going to start with Seahawks-Cowboys. Uh, for me, I mean, I know that this was probably an exciting game for most fans, but I just hated watching this game. What? So what? many penalties. I just could I what? It was. It felt surreal to me. I, I can understand that. The, the penalties were pretty outrageous that's not saying like they were all bad calls but there were just so many just the fact that yeah we had it was well over 200 yards of penalties combined and most of them were almost all defensive a lot of lot of like pass huge huge penalties like yeah pass interference ones like 40 yard 30 yard penalties exactly yeah that is rough to watch yeah but finally a primetime game with scoring yeah finally that was this whole week has been awesome for primetime games including that one that was nice for the seahawks it it is really tough it's good it's going to be tough in the nfc things are really tightening up um for that wild card spot they really needed to get this one but they have such a hard schedule yeah they do and and, you know dk looked great gino gino looked looked really good for the most part but i don't know man i know how good the 49ers are but the cowboys are they are legit cowboys fans are are saying the cowboys fans are saying this you know weedem boys this is our year i know the the nfc is there's there's some contenders there but the cowboys are good I, th- I think on any given Sunday, the Cowboys could beat anybody in the league for sure. Early in the season, their defense was playing so was playing super well. The offense kind of took some time to get going. Now the offense is clicking on all cylinders. Dak Prescott, I would say, is top three MVP candidate right now. Defense didn't play as well. Obviously, you know the penalties didn't help. There, I mean, nobody punted in that game. They gave up thirty-five points, but yeah. you still have a lot of playmakers on that defense so you know you don't feel terrible about them but these cowboys are scary they're they're scary they're gonna they're gonna be a tough out for sure yeah Dak's playing like a like a top five quarterback for sure definitely a top three in the mvp conversation i agree but i still don't think that he's played a good enough defense yet i'm really really like they play the bills in in a couple weeks i think and i'm super super excited for that game because and when they play the Eagles too, especially, I know they play the Eagles for sure. That'll be a super exciting game because it'll tell us what their offense and defense is against a good opponent. I mean, they it, scored twenty eight on the Eagles or uh, twenty three on the Eagles earlier this year, and it, it was close. In Philly, like, it was close to being more than that if it wasn't for a couple of you know Dak right. stepping out and and right. um, Jake Ferguson being short stopped. at the line. I think in a lot of ways the Cowboys um, are the are kind of remind you of the Dolphins. They're sort of the Dolphins of the NFC, and in, in that, yeah, their record is really good right now. But they've and they yet, got the talent. They have all the talent, but they've yet to beat one of these contenders. You know, two of two of their losses this year are the Eagles and the 49ers, which obviously, if if you're going to get out of the NFC, you're going to have to beat one of those two teams. So people are are cautious to yeah crown them or, or pick them as a favorite because we've yet to see them beat one of those top teams in, in the same way that the Dolphins have not yet beat another top team in the NFL. Yeah, moving on to Colts-Titans. Overtime Colts win. Great win by them. Uh, definitely credit to the coaching staff. It's hard winning with a, with a, second, with a backup quarterback. Uh, you can look at the Jets, and they've struggled with backup quarterbacks all year. But Colts are in line to make the playoffs. Very much so. Pretty easy schedule. You struggle against the Titans' run game a little bit, but Le- and Levis played pretty well. Actually, super interesting play by Levis. Levis threw an interception and then forced a fumble and then recovered his own fumble. It- he didn't really force a fumble. The guy kind of lost the ball on his own. But the fact that he was there and hustling to yeah. go get the ball was was pretty was impressive. I yeah. didn't see that. It's it's what Chris Collinsworth thinks Mahomes going to do every time he throws an interception. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this was 
it was an entertaining game for sure. Yeah, interesting the way things worked out on special teams for the Titans. I think um, unfortunately for them, they fired their special teams coordinator after this game after having two blocked punts. The punter, the punter getting injured on the second blocked punt, and he's the starting holder. So you had to have Tannehill come in, and so they missed an extra point, which was essentially the reason that the game went to overtime. The Titans could have taken a, a one point lead in that situation, and and you know potentially won the game. So tough look for the Titans special teams coordinator. Titans fought though, and and yeah, like you were saying, the Colts. This team is scrappy, and they keep finding ways to win. Maybe a little bit ugly, not as ugly as the Steelers, but they're winning. And and I'll give all the credit to Shane Steichen, first year head coach, and he's he's got these guys playing really hard. I think this year, and especially the Colts team, has showed that having a good backup quarterback is important. You know, I don't think the Colts really missed a beat. I feel like I might have mentioned this last week, but it's well, good to see Gardner Minshew. Like you forget he's a backup because he he's playing really well. He's well, that that and he's played so long, and I think they knew. They knew that they were going to need that going in because one. Well, you they may have started. Exa- exactly, I th- they I might think... have started in week one. That was no, no, no. They, sure they, they, they didn't start. Yeah, well, no, like, I'm saying like going into the exactly. preseason was, and stuff. It was up. In it, the air. it wasn't. It wasn't sure that Richardson was going right. to be the starter for sure. So yeah, when when you have a rookie, a quarterback, high upside, but yeah, maybe teams were or they were a little bit uncertain about yeah where he was at right now in his development. Yeah, you, it's it's smart to bring in a, a guy that. I mean, as a capable quarterback in the NFL, right. obviously. And, and Gardner Minshew is, is showing that, yeah, he's a very capable quarterback right. in the NFL right now. Yeah, their run game wasn't that good last week, and their and their pass game was, which I still that, think that they're a pretty clearly a first-round exit unless they play, like, the Jags without Trevor Lawrence or something like that, like some kind of injured team. If they play a real, like, contender team, like, they're a pretty easy first-round exit. Yeah, I mean, I don't, right. I don't see them beating the, the Dolphins or the Ravens or the Chiefs yeah. or... Who else is in there? That's it. That's like all the contenders left. Definitely those. Who Every, like honestly, hurt if if the Bills get in, I don't even see him beating the Bills. I still think the Bills are a better team. But there was, I will say, the one play that impressed me the most was the play that won the game. It was it was a really unique concept down on the goal line. So yeah, the the Colts Gardner Minshew. It's, it's a beautiful throw, fade ball gets him down to the two yard line, and then I think it was on second or third down they run. You know, it starts out looking like every like every exchange route that everybody runs on the goal line. You just think like two guys are going to cross, the inside guy is going to try to pick for the outside guy to get open, and he basically ran like you would run a fake screen in a basketball game where yeah he, he runs up to the guy and then breaks off and and runs back towards the middle of the field instead of going outside. Beautiful play design, beautiful throw. And yeah, they hit it for the touchdown that won the game. So always love that. Love seeing concepts that yeah are a little bit unique like that, especially down in the red zone. Up next, we got Lions Saints. Uh, so it's very interesting. The Lions had more points than Jared Goff had passing attempts. Thirty-three points, twenty-five passing attempts. Uh, finally, went back to zero turnovers. I mean, yeah, the offensive start helped, and maybe the game looked a little bit ugly down the stretch. But the zero turnovers thing. I mean, the Lions are a solid team until they start turning the ball over. The moment that they start turning the ball over, it's like. They, they won't beat anybody who's above average. Yeah, that's true for most teams. Turnovers are a quick way to lose games. Yeah, I mean, anything to help out our horrible defense, honestly. The Saints have been like one of the worst offenses in the red zone, and they went four for four, getting four touchdowns versus the Lions. And the Lions lose this game if they're not gifted two fumbles uh, deep into New Orleans territory. They, they just do. They did not play well defensively. Uh, the only re- Another reason they won is because Jameis Winston – on his game-winning drive, just just couldn't hit an open receiver. He missed like three open receivers. Watching the game late, and you did you did get the feeling that if Carr was still out there and still yep. healthy, they probably Lions could have lost this game. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Carr, yeah, you imagine that Carr hits those 
receivers who are wide open. I mean, you you just like to see the Lions pull away from somebody. They're up twenty one well, nothing. It was such a great seven start. minutes. Like yeah. let's let's get it going. Let's go score some touchdowns. And then offensively, we kind of just fluttered out. And defensively, we can't stop anything. Oh, oh gosh, I hate it. I hate it. This this Lions defense is not uh, the Lions defense is going to keep them from winning multiple playoff games, if not going to prevent them from winning a playoff game this year. I'm not surprised that Taysom Hill had a great game. I mean, we just can't. I mean, seriously. We can't stop that. Hey, hey, side note, Lions play the Bears next week. If you have Justin Fields oh, yeah, in your lineup, start him right now. I mean, he's rushing for over 100 yards, probably probably throwing for 250. Probably He's going to have like a couple rushing touchdowns here and there. Yeah, I mean, he's just going to zero defense. Him. We'll see about that. We'll, we'll check back with that next week. Check back with that, yeah. Up next, we got Broncos-Texans. Uh, Stroud sacked five times. Definitely not one of his better games, but once again they win. And I know that's he still played fine. For, like for a rookie, he still played great. But you know, there's higher expectations for him now. I mean, not a great start for him. Definitely, definitely a defensive win for them. Getting up early on the Broncos is really, really, really big because they don't have a great deep passing game. Russell Wilson just kind of likes to check it down a lot. So Russell Wilson had three interceptions here. Well, he likes to throw it deep. It just it isn't always super successful. He he, he enjoys it because what is he, Joe? Huh? What? Who is Russell Wilson? Mr. Mr. Uh, unlimited. You got to be unlimited. I, I w- thought it was really interesting watching this game. The team with the better quarterback was the team that won. And C.J. Stroud as a rookie is already uh, is a better quarterback right now than Russell Wilson is. And so, yeah, when once the Broncos got down and they really had to rely on Russ to try to get back in the game. And, you know, they, they were back in this game for sure. But, yeah, the interceptions were just killers. And... And uh, Derek, shout out Derek Stingley Jr., Texans corner, kind of uh, kind of flew under the radar as a rookie, I guess, last year because the Texans were so bad, and you know his, there was nothing like special about his performance. And because Sauce was Sauce was so good, yeah, and and exactly, and um, no, he's playing great right now. I think he has four interceptions the last three games, had two in this game. He was locked down and in, in making plays uh, that, yeah, I mean, looked like a true true lockdown number one corner. So great game from him. And then, yeah, as, you know, as as for Russ and the Broncos, it's just, yeah, it's, it's tough being having a veteran quarterback, a guy that they're paying as much as they can, and he just couldn't couldn't pull it out in the end. And I mean, throws a, throws a bad interception basically at the end of the game into the end zone. To interestingly enough, of all the receivers they have, Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton, who's so great, um, Sutton, who's been so great in the red zone this year, Russ decided to throw the ball to a guy that had been elevated to the practice from the practice squad, playing in his first career NFL game. It was an interesting choice. I know he was under pressure. Probably didn't even like realize who he was throwing to. Probably just kind of, th- just kind of throwing to color. But yeah, not uh, for the Broncos. It's I think yeah, this the Broncos are good. You know they're better. They've won five in a row. But it, when they get in tough sort of close games like this, when better teams, I don't think they're going to win because yeah, like you said, if if you can force Russell Wilson to have to beat you and and make some some big throws and plays like that, I I think you can you can beat the Broncos. That game has huge playoff implications because now because now the Texans are up a game and also have the tiebreaker in the head to head, and it might just come down to that. Jeez, do we do year. we need the Steelers to fall out of the playoffs? Please, I do not want to watch a Steelers Yay, playoff game. Steelers that is the Chiefs. last thing I want to see. Please, Steelers, Chiefs. Steelers, Steelers. Ravens and they're off to a great start they lose to the Cardinals this week that is perfect being exposed for the frauds that they are they could they could fall I just really need the Steelers out of the playoffs give me the Texans and the Bills in the AFC the NFL the NFL just loves the Steelers oh they do just give them a patty cake schedule (laughs) the their football royalty they love the Rooney family the same way they love the Hunt family in Kansas City they're just seriously they just they love them they love them and I'll give them credit. They're a great organization, but I, yeah. 
Up next, we got 49ers-Eagles. So not exactly how I thought the game would go. I thought that this one would be a little bit, a little bit more interesting. I think the real question It is, would only be appropriate if we took the next 45 minutes to break down what Dom... What is his name? Dom Dis, Disari... Disanio... Sorry, uh, the sideline security guy. How important he is oh, to Philadelphia. Gosh. The guy who got. Oh, gosh. The guy who, how ridiculous punched. is that? He got Dre Greenlaw ejected. And then it's like, well, we got to eject somebody over there. It was like, all right, well, we'll kick Big Dom off the field. Like, how uneven was that trade? I don't think either of them should have, been, should have been ejected personally. I didn't think there was anything that egregious. I watched the video about 15 times. I was looking for something. Couldn't find it. Anyway, back to what you were saying, Evan. Surprise against the disciplined defense. DeAndre Swift did not run the ball well. 2.2 yards per carry. Now, he only had six carries, of course. So that might be a little bit harsh because, you know, they were down this game. They kind of had to abandon the run game for the most part. Uh, they did a good job, 49ers did, making it difficult for Hurts. But I think one really, really big thing for them is that they their receivers couldn't get open in a scramble, Joe. Every time Jalen Hurts was outside the pocket, he was either getting sacked or he was throwing it away. Like there wasn't, just for some reason, the Eagles receivers couldn't get back to the ball. They couldn't find open space. I thought that was really, really big because that's what the 49ers do super, super, super well is that when Brock Purdy's outside the pocket, they're wide open, like every single time. I still don't think though that... Brock Purdy is an MVP candidate. He played well, solid, but you can't look at me and tell me that, you know, that he's not the thing that scares me in this offense. That's, I don't that's disagree re- that with is that. Re- no, I think you're both wrong. I think it's yeah. ridiculous. I think you are both falling victim to not believing in a guy because he was a late round draft pick. I think he's if a Brock, great quarterback. If Brock Purdy was a first round draft pick, everybody, like, it would be no question. And I feel like for most part, it is no question. I think you two are the only ones left in all of sports media who are questioning Brock Purdy right now. I think if you're looking at this 49ers uh, offense, how many how many games is he playing? I'm not questioning. I think he's I think he started 17 games, and his touchdown interception ratio is something like 39 to seven or 10. Listen, he's great, but I don't think he's in. I don't think he should win the MVP. If, if the if only the 49ers reason lose a game, you know that like without watching the game, if the 49ers lose a game, you're like, oh, Brock Purdy must have played bad. That's huh. that's that's <laughs> it, right? If the 49ers lose a game, you know that it was Brock Purdy's fault because it's nobody else's fault. And what? Okay, so give me the defense as well. He's played three bad games in his career in a row. The three, Not three, matters, the three, but. the three games that were in the middle of this year when they were losing, they had a lot of starters out, a number and of he starters was out. And he the maybe Vikings. was concussed. He was versus the Vikings. So that's it. Three, the three. He's he's played three bad games in his first two seasons. Like I said, his first seventeen games. I think he's. I want to say he's like fourteen and three as a starter. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. I I just think that if you're looking at the most valuable player. Brock Purdy's not on the list. Here's what I would say. The reason that I wouldn't have him is just because they're so talented everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of their plays are like the Debo Samuel touchdown where Brock Purdy just has to throw a screen and the entire 49ers offense paves the way for him and he takes it 46 yards for a touchdown. Exactly. They have so many guys that can take it the distance on their own, whether it's Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey, I just named them all. Um, and also, what's his uh, Jennings? The other receiver had a you know another really nice touchdown. Every every player on their offense is super talented, and they can all make plays on their own. The thing is, like Purdy is also doing his job at a really high level. You don't beat the Eagles forty-two to whatever nineteen if if Purdy's not playing well. So he is playing well. I would say oh, he's the, definitely playing well. The argument the argument against him is that he's a piece within an offense where yeah everybody is very talented. I mean that would that would be the knock on him. Like Purdy is not carrying the 49ers. He's doing his job and he's doing his job at a really high level, but so is everybody else. I mean on here's, the here's a question. Would you rather Brock Purdy be out for a game or Christian McCaffrey be out for a game? 
Brock Purdy. No, McCaffrey. I would rather yeah. I would rather be missing Brock Purdy than Christian McCaffrey. Who's their backup? I don't even know. Sam Darnold? That's a silly thing Ooh. to say then. Well, I think yeah, Sam Darnold. The, quarter, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, and Brock Purdy gives it, them the best it chance. It is to most sure. teams, but the thing that defines this 49ers team is not their passing game. It's I'm their just, run game. I would not, I'd probably not that's a, give that's Christian McCaffrey. Take. I wouldn't give Christian McCaffrey like the MVP, but I also think that he is one of the most valuable players in the NFL. Right, I wouldn't give him that. I think, but I would. I wouldn't do that because of because of other players on the 49ers. We're basically holding it against the 49ers that they're so talented that like nobody deserves to win any award because they're all so good. It's the reason that they haven't given Kyle Shanahan a coach of the year yet because they are so talented. If the Niners sweep, so the Niners run the table, then. Brock Purdy should be MVP. You really you think so? That's if he, if he keeps playing as well as he is, but like you said, if if they lose, you're going to be like, well, you know, Brock who, Purdy you probably kn- didn't play you, great. You know whose fault it was. You know the weak link on the team, at least offensively. And I don't think not, I don't. He's think, not bad. I was going to say good. I don't think he's a weak link. No, but you want to you hear you, something? Hey, you know what? They're weak I, I would rather have Brock Purdy than Jared Goff. I would yeah, rather start Hennon Hooker than Jared Goff. What did so. you say? I said I would rather start Hennon Hooker than Jared Goff. You? I thought you said something else. You know what? Maybe you make Brock Purdy. What? Uh, MVP because he's on a rookie contract. Loki is, is he the most valuable player because they pay him no money at all? I was gonna say if and yeah, because you're, you're going of, by the value that they're getting out of that contract, yeah. absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely, God, is he the, the most valuable? He's the player. greatest bargain. He's the greatest the bargain in the NFL by a long shot. Uh, that's the only reason that which, they can which keep, is also yeah exactly they can keep so much talent around him. And to pivot back to the Eagles before we move on, not the showing they wanted for sure, especially at home. But I, I think going into this game, it felt like the 49ers had a lot more to play for because they have they had yet to beat the Eagles. So obviously they were a lot more juiced up for this game. And I I will not that, you know, this is an excuse, but the Niners were coming off a 10 days rest. The Eagles were playing their third game in 13 days, which which is tough. And it it, it kind of, it looked like that a little bit energy wise on the field. I think, you know, by no means does this game mean that like Philadelphia doesn't have a chance against the 49ers if they meet again. I kind of hope they meet again because Still, like the the, the Eagles, the Eagles are the team that have done it right. Because <laughs> that means the Lions lost. <laughs> <laughs> that is that would be tough. Uh, but the Eagles have done it right. They've beat them before. Granted, yeah, you know, Purdy got hurt last year, but I I I, I would think that a rematch in the playoffs would be a lot a lot closer than this. I would hope so for viewership's sake. Yeah, moving on to Browns Rams. Uh, just giving Flacco some more motivation. That's all. That's all the Browns were doing there. Hey, hey, I would like to say that my prediction last week. That Joe Flacco is going to carry the Browns to a win with two passing touchdowns and two fifty almost <laughs> happened. It was I mean, very close. You're, you're two out of three. Two, I was, was two out of three there. Joe Flacco played really well, but man, the Browns defense just sold. Yeah, Flacco played fine. He played fine. He, played he was a little. He kind no, of had no, the, no, no, no. Best quarterback. He, right there. <laughs> as much as I love him, and it pains me to say anything remotely negative about Joe Flacco. He was kind of super aggressive in the way that he was just sort of chucking it down the field. It it seemed like every play almost, you know, he very much had like, screw it. I'm Joe Flacco. I still got the arm. I'm going to show everybody that I can still sling it 40 to 50 yards down the field every play. And for a lot of the times it worked. Um, Unfortunately, I think Amari Cooper went out in this game. Losing him did not help. And yeah, where was the Browns defense? This great Browns defense just didn't show up. You know, they needed him late to get some stops and it just, um, they let him down. They let Joe down. It's unfortunate. Yeah. You would like Joe Flacco not to have to chuck it 50 yards downfield. You just want him to be a mistake free quarterback. Cause that's how the Browns would have won a couple games that they lost earlier this year. Yeah. But if, that if just didn't happen this. If yeah. their other quarterbacks played like this, they'd have a better record. Yeah. <laughs> just. 
kind of scary to think about because they're still seven and four. They're still in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Rams ran the ball pretty well. Good day by Kyron Williams. Uh, another good day by Nakua, but the 70-yard touchdown definitely definitely made that look better. Amazing game by Stafford against, you know, the Browns defense, which is supposed to be really good. One no. of the best. Definitely one, one of the best. best passing defenses when you have that rush in tandem with the uh, in the, the, the coverage, in theory. In, in theory, yeah. He, he carved them up. Yeah, most points that anybody's put up on them since the Colts, which that one, remember that kind of the fluky game. <sighs> that was kind of, that was way back. And they would have put up more points if they hadn't missed a field goal, so. Let it be known that. The Rams. The Rams would have, yeah. I will burn my Matthew Stafford jersey if... Matthew Stafford wins his first playoff game in Ford Field against no, the Lions would, this year. That would be tough. I will be having a bonfire, so if you would like to come over and oh, join me, I will burn my jersey. Don't do that. It's I not. Be it's so sad. not. It's not his fault because he I know it's not his fault. He but never I'm went, Sad. It's shaping up to look like that. It's shaping up to look like that. And Matthew Stafford carving up our defense. Holy hell! I would be. I would be so upset. How God, how mad would those Lions fans be? Oof. That would I'd be, be tough. very mad. That would be tough. What if Goff just plays horrible too? That just to add insult to injury, I'm just be like, yay! So glad we made that trade. Yeah. One thing, you know, something a, a thing I saw this week that really blew me blew me away. You know, Sean McVay is still the youngest head coach in the NFL. Are you serious? He's been with the Rams for like seven years, <laughs> and he's and like he's had assistants of his get hired, but he is still the youngest coach in the NFL. That Good was huh? that was just crazy to me. I thought for sure it would have been McDaniel's, especially McDaniel. Oh, Mike, Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. No, Mike he's McDaniel. he's a little he's a little bit older. Yeah, and it just it made it even more crazy to me the fact that like before this season, remember in the off season, everybody was like, "Oh, is McVay gonna retire? Like, is <laughs> is he is he ready to hang it up and you know go do the broadcast thing?" And he's the youngest guy. I think just as much as you know the Rams going on this run here, we're talking about like Stafford is out to prove something. I think McVay is very much out to prove something as well. He doesn't want people to think like he was just sort of a flash in the pan head coach. I think I think he's still very much motivated to to win games. Yeah, thank you for listening to 101.7 FM, Ready for Hillsdale. We'll be back after this short break. Hello, and welcome to Outside Source Football on 101.7 FM, Ready for Hillsdale. Welcome back. Welcome back to Outside Source Football. Yeah. Yeah, we're recapping the rest of the week 12 games. There were a lot lot of good games. A lot of games we, or not, maybe not good games, but games to talk about. Exciting games. It's late in the season. There's there's playoff these implications games, across the board. These games matter now. Every game. They all matter. Yeah, we know how well, things... As DraftKings would say, every game matters. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's FanDuel, I think. We're talking about uh, Chiefs-Packers. Uh, I'm going to wow. talk, talk small stuff first. Uh, AJ Dillon, one of his better games for sure. Um, Are you going to talk about the Packers' inside uh, blocking scheme as well? <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Uh, he's finally been Look falling, at their left guards, falling forward. Their left guard has the best first step in the NFL. <laughs> I'm sorry, Evan. Thrilling content. Get back, get back to the little stuff. <laughs> the running, the the running game looks looks way better with him than it ever has before. Whenever Aaron Jones was out before, it was like, all right, they're not even going to be able to. They couldn't to, run. They the ball couldn't run the ball. Yeah. Finally, he started playing well. He started playing to uh, his own style. Uh, the Packers did for Jordan Love what the Lions need to do for Jared Goff. Uh, they pass blocked an average of probably more than six players on most plays. Uh, let just a couple guys run routes and then let you choose between those guys. Uh, good pass blocking by them as well. But like, it, like I said, it helps when you're blocking more than six guys almost every play. Uh, do give us credit though to Jordan Love. He did still play a really, really solid game. Uh, the Packers run defense looked a lot better. Uh, and that's that's kind of all the small things. <laughs> um, all the small things. That should be a new segment we have. All the small things. All the small things. There you go. Mahomes played fine. But watching this game, the Packers played the better game. 
Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. And now, wa- watching this, I would feel way better for you guys as Lions fans after losing the Packers because I feel like when you lost them on Thanksgiving, you're like, oh, my gosh, we lost to the Packers. Yeah, they were like they were horrible. Like, they're the well, worst everybody, well, everybody was talking about how the Packers were so good because they beat the Lions, and I'm like, no, that's just what the Lions do. But this is not what the Chiefs do, so I do feel a little bit better. Yeah, yeah and Jordan Love cracks me up because he's so like nonchalant in the pocket and and like we were talking about watching this game it's like every throw is kind of off his back foot just sort of fading away lobbing it down the field but he was making it work in this game and he was you know hitting guys that were open and yeah as as for the Chiefs this offense is uh just I don't know Pacheco was the best player on their offense Pacheco was the best player on their offense for sure and six yards per carry they're just not you just don't fear them you're not afraid of this Kansas City offense the way you've been afraid of them in the past and it's it's a combination of things Travis Kelsey I think has definitely sort of lost a step he's a 34 year old tight end who's played in the league for a long time he's not the same dominant player this season that yeah. he's been for the past like he's not as good nine years in a row at, at getting off contact no he's really 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 struggled with that this year yeah you know Mahomes will has made will make he makes more mistakes now it seems I guess kind of you know pressing trying to make things happen on on an offense where yeah, he doesn't have as much talent and then you know like like the Keyshawn Nixon interception like that wasn't a good decision to make that throw and it was a great play and great play by Keyshawn Nixon oh yeah one, that one, was, one of the best a, plays you'll see a defensive nice back catch. name the way he tracked the ball and got his feet in and then I, th- I feel like we need to talk about the officiating in the yeah. last minute of this game it was just so sort many of a, bad calls every, yeah. it was like every call that was made either was wrong. non-call or call they made the wrong call. There was there was the hit on Mahomes on the sideline, which was a completely legal play. He was totally inbounds. Mahomes was inbounds, inbounds, trying to get the trying first to down. get the first down, and just you know took a big hit. And the flag came out just because Mahomes took a big hit on the sideline. Yeah, and it was like oh, assumed it, he was maybe out of bounds. I think I think the DPI right after was the refs realizing, wow, that was a really really dumb play. Well, then <laughs> really yeah, and, and so then they had that they just one absolutely whiffed the DPI. And then what was the next call? Was I guess it was a personal foul on Pacheco. Pacheco. Yeah, because he swung. That was probably a good call. He got ejected. He got ejected. Well, what, what happened there? Was it did they call defensive pass? Because there wasn't it a turnover that kind of got called back. Yeah, Rasheed Rice had a like a ten yard gain, and then he oh, fumbled he f- it. He fumbled. Oh, that's quote unquote. That's, that's right. He he fumbled it, but it, he was actually down. Yeah, they, down. they reversed that. That's call. okay. That's right. He yeah. was down, and then they had the like what looked like an obvious pass interference. On Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yep. Which you would think if anyone, the Packers would know, just let him drop the ball. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was that was that was a little brutal. Sorry, MVS. But then um, but then and but then he couldn't get out of bounds. Remember? He tried to get out of bounds, but he was going backwards and they called him. Okay, going yeah, out there, of bounds. there was that, that yeah, was the, right there after there was that. Play. I can't believe they called him out of bounds. That one was wild. He was like, Oh yeah, obviously moving backwards. And then the Hail Mary, which I feel like every Hail Mary, if you Yeah, if, if you, you want really if you, look if at you a Hail want, Mary, they're never like, gonna they're on. never they're unless it's like so egregious, they're never gonna call deep <laughs> they're never gonna call a pass <laughs> interference on a Hail Mary. No. I did think Only it was face mask Wasn't it hilarious though that like Ugh. 20 20 minutes after this game was over Chris Collinsworth was still still talking about would, it. He would not it let not it go. It was not that egregious. George, I've seen so many worse non I mean calls. it was so obvious that Collinsworth was mad that the Chiefs lost the game in prime time and he and he felt like they got robbed. Jordan Love threw a touchdown and Collinsworth goes, "That's a play Mahomes would make right there." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Come on, man." He is Oh my gosh. My you least, have to know. He is my least favorite commentator to watch in the NFL. And when he's watching the Chiefs, just forget about it. He makes oh every gosh. broadcast about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, whether they're playing or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's playing. So now when they are playing, guy. so when they are playing, just forget about it. But I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I think 
what this game shows is that yeah, the Packers are they're back in the hunt. You know, yeah, that that NF- NFC wild card spots are up for grabs. Seahawks, Rams, Packers. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah, go um, go get them. And like Keyshawn Nixon said, they're they're not going to stop until they're the number one seed, which they would need a lot of help to to get that. But um, the playoffs are definitely a possibility. I think so. Jordan Love was oftentimes thrown to like wide open receivers too. So like schematically, yeah. they were just they scheming. Were, they the, were doing the they were, defense. They were doing something right. They were yeah. doing something really right. There were there were times where I was like, there's no one near this receiver. Like I said last yards. week, Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. He never got credit when Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback because Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback and Aaron Rodgers is gonna get all the credit when you're winning. But any guy who wins, I think, thirteen games his first three seasons makes the playoffs. He's undefeated in the month of December. Yeah, he's 16-0 in December. Matt LaFleur is a, really, is a really good coach. So, All right, moving on to Bengals at Jags. Jake Browning is that guy. 32 for 37. Dude, if you he, want to talk about an MVP candidate. If he has a few more games like that, somebody's going to come knocking. Somebody's, somebody's going to give Jake Browning a contract the way that, you know, I think uh, like Matt Flynn in the past was a guy who got a contract out of that. Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, you know, different scenario. He was still young. But, yeah, Jake Browning, a guy who somebody had to remind me, was like, well, that's the guy who played at Washington. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. That's the guy who played at, that's the guy who played at Washington. <laughs> and he was, really, he was really good. He was a really good college quarterback. I think, you know, he was the guy thrown to John Ross back in the days. I don't know if, if you guys are old enough to remember that. But he, <laughs> Sorry, we're not 54. <laughs> John Ross. But he looked great. He looked, this guy. he looked great. Did not look like a backup quarterback at all. And the other That's thing great. is, I'll give the Bengals credit. They didn't try to – they were not trying to play this one safe at no, all. No. They were like, let's, you know, whatever. Burrow's out. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. They threw it all on the table, and it was working. And he was super accurate getting the ball to, to Jamar Chase, Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon had a really nice game. Great game. Yeah, the, the more the game went on, the more I was confident that Cincinnati was going to win, even before Trevor Lawrence went down. And then after Lawrence went down, yeah, after Lawrence went I down, really I like, felt Ooh. like Cincinnati was was definitely going to win this game. And, you know. Yeah. yeah, and getting a win in overtime as an NFL quarterback, like being able to drive down the field, like that's not that's not easy to do. Not easy. Not easy to do. And, I mean, what impressed me the most was, what did he end the game, like 32 of 37? Yeah, it was 32 for 37 for 354 yards. Like it was like, it's like 80-something percent completion. What he had, it's a clinic. Rushing touch. Touchdown. He, he had two had rushing touchdowns. One or? passing. One touchdown. passing touchdown, and I think he may have had a rushing. I think he had one rushing. Yeah, touchdown. he had the, the 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 ugliest quarterback sneak you've ever seen. <laughs> he, like, he like bobbled the ball, fumbled the ball, and then just sort of jumped in. Jeez, if Tyler Boyd didn't throw that stupid pick, to Josh yeah, that would have been. <laughs> yeah, it may, it may not probably would have won pretty. It may not even have been as close. Yeah, uh, the Jags offensively, you played a good game. Obviously, you lost Trevor Lawrence at the end. I mean, that's going to hurt you for a long time. But honestly, one of their better offensive games, and I've been more impressed with this offense as of late. It's the defense that you need to fix now. They have like you look at the roster on defense, and it's like wow, they have they have no playmakers, like no like number one big tier one playmakers. Like, well, Trayvon Walker should be, but because he's the number he's one overall not. pick. I think you know Josh Allen is the closest thing they yeah, have. Josh Allen's the closest thing they to have to a playmaker. And in my opinion, Josh Allen is is a really good edge player, but yeah. he's not. He's not that tier one. He's that yeah exactly. He's not. Same you know, thing he's, with he's like, not Miles Garrett. He's Foy, not Micah Parsons. Foyase Aluakin. He's he's great player, phenomenal player, but not that tier one defensive leader like like other guys are. And it's just yeah, I mean this. Depending on how Browning plays the rest of the year, we might look back at this game and say, you know, was it Jake Browning or was it just the Jags defense not being very good? And I don't think it will. I think Browning will continue to play well. The way he played, it looked very sustainable. But yeah, you you would like to have a, a better performance from your defense, especially going against a backup quarterback. Yeah, sure. we talked about it last week, but something about the Jags just doesn't feel like they're... You just don't believe them. I, I just don't no. believe in them. I just don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the fact that they've never been good. <laughs> you know, like it's... You just don't trust just, them? 
It's kind of how <laughs> I never trust the Lions, even when they're up 21 points. Yeah. And it's it's going to be tough here, especially if they're without Lawrence for a number of weeks, which it looks like they're going to be for sure. High, high ankle, high ankle sprain, sprain, which is very good. which is very good to hear that it's just a high ankle sprain because that looked pretty yeah. nasty. Yeah, it did. But, but they're going to have to find a way to win some games here to get in because the Texans are one game behind and they're they're nipping at their heels for sure. Yep. Yeah, moving on to a little bit of talk about some coaches. Not really want to talk about the game because the game was horrendous. Horrendous. But I think that Belichick and Staley could go both like this is this is the confidence. This is your you're gonna get fired after this one. Like not right after this one, like not during the week, but like after For, I don't your know owners watch this that. game and even though Staley wins, I'm like, you're not happy with that one. I was gonna I don't say know if For, I agree with that for Belichick. I Bel- did. Belichick's, Belichick's not going to get fired. I don't think he's going to get fired. I said, His defense has played so well. I, I did say. Couple weeks. If you, you, I'd see why you wouldn't fire Belichick because uh, you, uh, you need, but you need to hire all new offensive. Guys. I mean, this could be he's, the first he's, time he's Bill Belichick. They're not. I don't think they're. I still don't think they're going to fire Bill Belichick. I know we brought it up before, but to your point about Brandon Staley, I don't think there was ever a better case to fire a head coach after a win. Exactly <laughs> what I was than, just going to say. Than this, totally than this what I was going to say. The, I mean, six you talk points. about ugly. Six points. You have Justin Herbert. You have all, so many, so many talented players on this Chargers team, and you're able to muster up six points. And like you said, the Patriots defense is is pretty good. Obviously the obviously the strong suit on this team. but Yeah, held three straight teams to under 10 points, and they've lost three straight. Other teams I, are 52-0 and 0 when holding teams to under 10 that's, points. Geez. That's incredible. Belichick always coming with the crazy stats. <laughs> I would say for the Patriots, don't mess this up. Don't win a game. Keep yeah. losing. Keep losing. Because here, okay, so here if they if they lose out, that's the thing. Like obviously the Patriots have their pick. They're they're gonna get their pick. The team who has the number one pick right now, it's it's the Panthers who the Bears have their pick. The Panthers have no incentive to lose because they don't have their draft pick. They have a young quarterback. They want to win some games to have some, you know, build some momentum going into next season. So, you know, I, I haven't looked at their schedule close, but it's there's a good chance the Panthers win a game or two on the way out here, just because yeah, tr- they're going to be playing. They hard. play the Saints, they play the Falcons. I mean, yeah, in, the, in their division, the Buccaneers. They play the Bucks. There's a, there's a good chance you know they could win a game or two. For the Patriots, don't mess this up and try. Don't hurt your draft position by winning a meaningless game. You know, we saw this with the Jets a few years back when they won one game, <laughs> and that was the difference between getting Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's a huge difference. And I don't, you know, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know who's going to pan out in this quarterback class. You know, Caleb Williams. I think everybody is kind of in agreement is the number one. Then you got Drake, Drake May, other guys. But just don't mess up your draft position by winning by get, winning some games. Get just your own choice. Keep keep let losing. yourself choose. Exactly. Just Seriously. keep losing. There's there's no there's no shame in it at this point. You're only going to make things worse by winning some meaningless game and and hurting uh, your position in the draft. Yep. Up next to our week 14 game predictions: Patriots at Steelers. Oh my gosh. Now, <laughs> who cares who wins this? I want to know what team scores above 10 points. I don't think either. the answer is neither. neither one. There's no way. I mean, the under over for this if game I must was, be like 22 or something. I think it's 30. 30 which yeah. is insane low because i thought about it, i was like there's no way they're both scoring 14 or 15 points yeah it's too high there's no way i don't i mean the odds of a touchdown being scored seem so unlikely yeah, Seriously, I don't, I don't i like it just doesn't make any sense like this is horrible i've the got fact, the steelers but also i gotta pick a game so i got the steelers where is this game being played in, it's in always, pittsburgh it's always oh, does pittsburgh play an away game i feel like they play every yeah, game seriously <laughs> seriously they play every game at home I guess I'll take the Steelers. They obviously have a lot more to play for, but this I mean if if Chargers Patriots are 6-0, I mean, what is this one? 2 to nothing? Level 1 safety. Level safety. In this game. No. Maybe a, maybe is a drop a kick. Is that Scorigami? 
a drop kick for a point? <laughs> I don't be. think. I don't think the Patriots defense are going to allow a touchdown to be scored in this game. But I for sure know that the Patriots aren't going to get anywhere near near the end zone, near the end zone <laughs> to kick a field goal or anything. So I'm going to take the Steelers three <laughs> zero. I'll take the I'll take the Steelers as well three zero. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Steelers four to zero. Two safeties. Two no, safeties. No, no other points. <laughs> Maybe like a kickoff return for a touchdown. They that, said that's it. seven three Patriots because of a kickoff or a pick. They saw the Big Ten championship and just said, you know what? We want more Big Ten football. <laughs> we, want, have, we want more have, of this. Let's have the Steelers play the Patriots. I would like more of this. Up next, we got Texans at Jets. Give me the Texans. I mean, Texans at Jets. Gosh. You have to pick the Texans, yeah. After last week, after picking the Jets against the Falcons last week, um, I, I told myself I would never pick the Jets again. Texans. Rams at Ravens. Uh, kind of an interesting one, actually, because of how well Stafford's been playing. But at the same time, it's just like, Ravens are at home, and I just I just can't see the Rams team. I know they're on kind of a hot streak, but I can't see them winning this game. Joe? I'm going to take the Ravens, too. But it's either going to be Ravens blowout or close game, and the Rams win. It's my prediction. I'm going to take the Rams. Up next, we got Panthers at Saints. Give me the Saints. Like we were saying before, the Panthers are going to have to steal one. one I don't think steal. this is the one. I don't think okay. it is. I think, think the, so. I still think the Saints win. I, it could be, though. Give me the Panthers. Wow. <laughs> Roll Tide. I'm just going to pick against you guys this whole week. Up next, we got Colts at Bengals. Give me the Bengals at home. I'm pulling the I'm pulling the, the Joe strategy where I pick. If game's close, I pick home team. <laughs> pick the home team. <laughs> Yeah, it's worked out so well for me in the past. After last night, uh, give me Cincy as well. I'm bu- I'm buying into the Jake Browning hype. I kind of wanted you guys to pick the Colts because I wanted to pick the Bengals. But you know what? I'm also going to take the Bengals. Screw it. Wow. I want to cheer. I want to cheer You talk, cheer you for talk about one game making an impression. No, no. no I, I, want, I want to cheer for, for Browning to continue to play well. I, I mean, we were you in a house last night that was so pro since just in, crazy. incredibly cheering for the Bengals. It was a magical feeling. I it found was. I found myself yelling who day <laughs> almost involuntarily. Like it was just it just came out. I don't I don't know. It was it was something special. Up next we got Lions at Bears. Give me the Lions. Cuz this is the only team that even if they play bad, they can still beat them. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll still take the Lions. I'll take the Lions, but I'll also take Justin Fields over rushing yards. Yeah. Seahawks at 49ers could be a really interesting game. I mean, the Seahawks played a heck of a game last week. It's just the 49ers look like the best team in the NFL right now. I don't want to say I told you so because I think we all agreed on it. But back when the 49ers had that three-game losing streak, yeah. I think most of us in this room were like, let's, so what? let's, let's, not, let's <laughs> not worry about the Niners. I think they're going to get back on track. I mean, in our top five, me and you both had them, what, four, three? We, we still had them I really I had them like six. We still had them really high at that point. So, yeah, the Niners are look like the best team in the NFL. So, yeah, I'll Niners. take the Niners. Vikings at Raiders. I mean, gosh, like I don't. This game could literally anything can happen in this game. You have Josh Jobs, who just came off a four interception game, now coming off a bye week, and then you have him playing against Aiden O'Connell and the first, not even first year, the interim head coach Antonio Pierce. Like I, I don't even know what to think about this game. I know what to think about this game. I do. I know exactly what to think about this. With that said, give me the Vikings. Give me the Raiders. Obviously, taking the Raiders. Oh and, really? And on something you don't think about, there's nothing worse in the NFL as a fan than the bye week. I mean, it's good for your team. You're glad they're resting up, but like not having your team playing on Sunday, it's it hurts. Keeps your blood pressure down though. That's true. That yeah, is at least, true. At least for us it does. But I'll sure. be I'll be ex- yeah. I'll be excited to watch the silver and black again this Sunday. Broncos at Chargers. I mean, gosh. Give me the Chargers. What? Oh, no way. No way. No way. Give me the Broncos. Give me, give me the Broncos. Saying like it's a tough pick. Bills at Chiefs. I mean, the Bills oh, are man, a, that's wow. a good game. Let's must, go. Must wow. win scenario, really, for the Bills almost. Uh, 
I mean, come on. If you is. lose this, you're six and seven, and you're looking at the playoffs saying that oh, we have gosh. you have to win out. Their oh, schedule is brutal. Gosh, who would their do schedule this? is horrible. Other than Why would like, they do this? Chargers like and Patriots. The opposite Chiefs, of the Steelers. Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. Yeah, it's rough. They have they I mean, Chiefs are coming off an ugly win. You really, really, loss. really want loss. loss. Sorry, an ugly loss. You really, really, really want to win this game. They lost Collinsworth. Yeah. <laughs> Mahomes <laughs> never loses. <laughs> Here's but a guy. Give me you're gonna, the Bills. You're going to take the Bills, you homer. I'm going gonna, gonna to I'm gonna take the Bills, too. I think the Chiefs, yeah. They have problems they can't fix. Yeah. They can't fix them right now. All right. Give me the Bills. The Bills are desperate. They're so desperate. Now, right before you guys made your picks, I wrote down the Bills because the Bills are going to win this game. Okay? I'm not just copying you guys and taking the taking the upset, okay? But it, it's the it's the away team, guys, okay? Believe it or not, I took the away team. <laughs> I, all I of know. us all of us picking against the Chiefs. Oh, this Oh, is, Chiefs win by 40. Go out and hammer Chiefs money line, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Eagles at Cowboys, another super interesting game. Give me the boys. I haven't seen them prove it. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Cowboys. The Cowboys are undefeated at home. Undefeated for at home. Quite some time now. I want to say with the Eagles in Philly and this would be great for the script. The NFL script wants. I mean, this wants the Cowboys to win. <laughs> so wait, awesome. so Gabriel, who are you picking? Eagles on the road. I oh like the gosh. Cowboys. I really do. Okay. Up next, we got Packers at Giants. Just next Monday, when you're when you're going through and you're thinking about football, just just turn it off. Okay. <laughs> no. It's it's Packers at Giants and Titans at Dolphins. That could be a good game. Packers. The Packers. Uh, let's not overreact yet. They could still be good. I mean, they, they're playing against Tommy DeVito here. I, I mean, got. <laughs> come on. I'm forgetting Tommy DeVito. He's don't saying. ever, don't ever bet against Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I, because he's got family. He had a nice thing. He's got fa- he's got family in the organization. He had a nice and they're, Thanksgiving they're in New York. <laughs> <laughs> he's got family in the organization. Uh, that, hey uh, Jordan, you got to throw. We you have a vest, this game. We got a vested interest in keeping this thing close. Uh, <laughs> Give me the Packers. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Packers as well. Give me the Giants, even though I think what the Packers. Wow. See, yeah, I think the Packers are going to win, but I'm delusional and I hate the Packers. So the, go Giants. At this point, we're losing all credit. You know what? That actually show. won for him two weeks ago when he picked the Bears against the Vikings. So. I did. It did. Next up, we got Bucks, Falcons. Uh, I got the Falcons. Interesting. I'll take the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks on this one. And then we have. Well, hold up. Before we move on, shout out Mike Evans. What a career. Oh, yeah. Ten, Hall of Famer. 10 yeah. straight. Is it 10 straight? I think it's 10, 10 straight. straight seasons of 1,000 yards. Over here. With garbage quarterbacks. With pretty garbage quarterbacks. He deserves it. I don't know if we've ever mentioned Mike Evans more than in passing on this show. He, he, he deserved that. Great receiver. Up next, Jags, Browns. Give me the Browns. I like the Browns, too. Flacco mania. I'm sorry. I just. Trevor not, Lawrence is out. I'm not buying into C.J. Beathard. Give me Joe Flacco over yeah, C.J. Beathard. I'm taking the Browns, too. Wait, wait, is this game in? It's in Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland. Dog pound. This is for you. Browns. Up next, we got Titans at Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. 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 Something developing in Tennessee. I want to see Will Levis yelling at DeAndre Hopkins more. I think I think that's going to go over really well. When a being bro- sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the more bizarre things I saw on Sunday. Was like Will <laughs> Levis chewing out DeAndre Hopkins. I, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. You're listening to 101.7 FM, ready for Hillsdale. This is Outside Source Football. Thank you for listening. And have a great day. And uh, just to let you guys know, next week when our mic quality is absolutely, absolutely horrible, um, are we? Are we? So we're making. Are we're, we make. We're gonna make promises that we'll be back. We're gonna be back. Oh, we have to. Be we're back. make. We're making. I mean, promises. I'll do everything in my power to be back. I'll be itching if I can't. We're gonna talk be to you guys about football. We're, we're gonna, gonna be horrible takes. Hopefully I mean, on Zoom. We're gonna be recording from all across the globe. From what am I gonna do if Detroit. I can't complain about the Lions? I know. To you guys, like, what am I? Like, what are we supposed to do the, about that? It's too important time of year to just stop. I mean, it'd be like the Avatar when. 
the world needed him most, and he just vanished. I feel like the world needs us most right now. Yeah, it's the playoffs are coming Especially up. Our 12, our 12 very loyal listeners need us. <laughs> School's about to end. They're not going to have my school. Mom, my dad, me. I think we're three of them, too, <laughs> in this room. Yeah, you so can, you can my cut, wife's cut, boyfriend. When the quality goes down, just know that we're making outside source football. No the audio, the audio quality may go down, but the quality of the content will never be higher. Yeah, and so that true. is, and that is a, and that's a promise. That is the OSFB guarantee. Have a great day.